You ready to start talking? Am I allowed to yatter? Well, you're the one with the script, so I guess so. One thing before we got into everything, I really did want to actually say thank you so much to everybody who's actually downloaded. It's quite awe-inspiring. As, as we said in the last episode, that lockdown, the first lockdown was... Well, not the first lockdown, but the second lockdown that we had in the autumn was the impetus to start this. And now we've had another lockdown in the UK, America, I, I guess you call it the stay-at-home orders... We can't go anywhere. We can't see anybody. We can't do anything. So it's... it's. Have I been in lockdown for the past 24 years? Is that Kind of, yeah. So hopefully we can accompany people a little bit, maybe make them smile. This week's episode is... All, all murders are horrific. This one is particularly nasty because of the undertones that are going to come through with this one all victims are blameless don't care what your background is the who's the why's the wherefores you do not deserve to be murdered but this one this poor person that was murdered sorry i thought you were going to say but this one this one did (laughs) no this this poor person she really had no inkling that somebody that was supposed to be coming into her family circle was going to be the person that he turned out to be. Nobody actually did. I will post photographs or we will post photographs up on our Instagram feed. What you see this guy as when he's first arrested, as a woman, you go, Is that a good uh, or a bad... uh... No, that's a... Trust me, dyeing your hair when you are in your latter years to a dark burgundy is never a good look. I'm colourblind. What colour's burgundy? Not Burger King. This would get cut. Burgundy. No, why would it? It, That's actually quite funny. It's a a place in France. (laughs) Yes, I know it's a place in France. It's also a type of wine. Burgundy. Oh, it's like a purple. What you're looking at there are hairdresser pictures. We are talking he's gone and bought a box at the local drugstore, the local boots, the local whatever. It's bad. So, yeah, we'll post pictures. And what he ended up looking like when he was actually arraigned in court. Yeah, he... Yeah, strange character. But, yeah, there there are a lot of unpleasant undertones with this one. Some of the details we don't know, but we'll get there. So, going into this... We're talking about Halloween, October 2012. Halloween should have been a fun time for the 24-year-old young mother, Rebecca. She was no doubt looking forward to trick-or-treating with her three-year-old son that night. She'd recently been promoted at work and was an active member of her local church. But early in the morning of the 31st of October 2012, she had an unwelcome but not unknown visitor to her small trailer in Mount Pleasant in Michigan. Rebecca's co-workers at the Goodwill store were worried. She hadn't turned up for work and hadn't contacted anyone to explain. So she was reported missing at around noon that day and the police went to check at the Broomfield Valley Mobile Home Park, which is about 10 miles west of Mount Pleasant. Rebecca was not at the trailer, but also her young son was not there. Had they gone on an unexpected trip or what? 
Her car was then discovered in the car park of a local nearby tavern. No sign of her or the young boy. It was later found out that the boy's future step-grandfather, a John Douglas White, who was actually a close neighbour at the park and often babysat the boy, had dropped him off earlier that morning with his birth father in a car park. It was just a, a handover. He dressed the little boy, he had dressed the little boy, not his mother, in his Halloween outfit. And I read that and I thought, who puts a Halloween outfit on a three-year-old toddler at 6.30 in the morning or whenever it was when they're not going to be going out for another 12 hours? I thought that was... Whenever someone receives a full name in one of these things, I immediately go, well, they're an important figure. They've done something wrong. It's never just, like, Fred. It's always Frederick Peterson. He did it. There's a lot of Petersons that are very well-known in the true crime. It's it's an unusual thing. It's not a usual... It's not an unusual, but it's not a usual name. But there have been a number of them, and everybody will know what I'm talking about. Right. John White was also known as Pastor John Pasta, pasta? Linguini, sorry. Yeah. Um, he was the pastor or led the church where Rebecca and her mother Sally attended. He was actually engaged to be married to Sally, Rebecca's do we, mother. Do we know if they have... So if this this Pastor John, mm-hmm. he's going to be the stepfather of Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Um, did they have any... Do they know each other before that relationship happened between the her mother and then Pastor John? It's difficult to tell. It seems to be from all reports that everybody met him five years prior when he arrived in the town. Okay, so he met the mother and then the daughter at the same time. You would assume so, but he met them through the church. Yeah. Um, It's just, I was was wondering, it might be like, not this like a tenuous link or anything, but how, how did they meet in the first place exactly it's did, did she meet him via the mother in the first place or was, I, I, or was that like a group thing and then subsequently it's it's not it, you can't actually tell that from any of the reports and i've dug into some very strange stuff um it seems to be though that he possibly targeted the mother she had sally she thought he was wonderful he was going to be something special um, he was say he lived at the trailer park very close to Rebecca and he often babysat this little boy of Rebecca's was well known nobody thought anything about him looking after the little boy the father of the little boy didn't think anything of him of it with him turning up that morning with the little boy dressed up and just handing him over no sign of Rebecca Nobody nobody assumed anything was wrong at the time. I don't try to play devil's advocate, but I always try to think, in what scenario would I dress up a child in an outfit really early in Halloween and it'd be it's justifiable? Odd. It's odd. It, it, it's very, very odd, it's, especially a toddler. Um, you, you can put a toddler down in a, a room straight after a bath and turn around, pick something up, turn your back on the child, turn back again, and the child has got four inches of muck all over it and it hasn't moved. So... As I said, he was the pastor of the church. So he actually led the church in prayer, begging for Rebecca's safe return because nobody knew where she was. She'd just gone, poof, she'd vanished. Unfortunately, 20 hours after the notification of the 24-year-old Rebecca's disappearance, the police had somebody in custody who had actually confessed to the murder. 
after telling the suspect that Rebecca's body would be decomposing and need to be needed to be brought home. Who was told that it was decomposing and needs to be brought home? The police had arrested a suspect. Yeah, and he, yeah, they he confessed. Told that, yeah, he, yeah. Who's they? Is it the police or the suspect? Yeah, the police told the suspect that Rebecca's body would be decomposing somewhere and she needed to be brought home. Is that just in a plea to tell so that he would tell them where she is? Mm-hmm. It worked. What? Yeah, it worked. <laughs> it's, it's actually quite unusual. It did actually work. Wait, wait, hang on. So at first I'm like, oh, this Pastor John did it and now it's, it's random bloke they have. He told them and either it was the best guess or he's involved. <laughs> they did find Rebecca's body. It was in a large ditch roughly a mile away from our home. And they had done searches, but it was very, very well hidden. Um, they're saying a ditch. It was more like what we in, we in the UK would know as a dike. It was incredibly deep. It wasn't just a dip. Going back to Pastor John, because he's an interesting character. In February 2007, some five years previously, White had been released from prison. The parishioners of his church in Mount Pleasant, knew all about his past and they decided to give him a second chance. Oh, that's not rare, is it? A pastor having a dodgy pass and getting a, a free go of it. They they stuck hmm. out for two years. They stuck out for two years. But after, hmm. but, but after two years, they made him their pastor. Um, maybe they did know. Did they do background checks? Um, it's a lot easier in the US to do background checks than it is in the UK. I know that's a fact. 2007, though, that might be difficult to Maybe. get a background check to that same degree. Social media didn't exist in the same way back then, so it might no. have been... You can't just check someone's Twitter or Facebook. You'd be surprised how much you can literally Google and get on to put someone's name in. And in the US, I love a VPN, you can bring up people's court cases... All over the shop. You can't do that in the UK. It's absolutely amazing what you can find out about somebody. But it was 13 years ago. Um, it's doubtful that they had a background check run on him by a professional that may well have had access to other systems that they could not actually access themselves. Because he already had two convictions. So you say give somebody a second chance... This, him being appointed Pastor John, was his third chance because he already had two past convictions. Somebody had let him have a go twice before. No comment. Yeah. Trip back in time. In 1981, then aged 22 and married, White was convicted of intent to murder his neighbour, a 17-year-old girl in Battle Creek, Michigan. Now, he was convicted of intent to murder, hint, he stabbed her 15 times. I don't think I've stabbed, like, a bacon sandwich more times than once. Mm. And that's definitely with intent. Yeah. He was actually sentenced to five to ten years for that. But he managed to appeal. And in 1984, he was actually sentenced to probation as the charge was amended to intent to commit... Grievous bodily harm, GBH as we know it. I don't see how in any sense you can try to justify that I didn't intend to kill them by stabbing them. For... I only only ran them over eight times. What do you mean? How can that not be intentional? Exactly. Uh, the, uh, I'm not a lawyer. I don't work in the in the court system. Right. But... I, I, I will actually 
possibly give you an explanation for it. The reason that he won that appeal is very, very common in the States, is certainly. It's not something I've really come across in the UK cases. They usually claim something called ineffective counsel. Um, and it seems to be some something like a get-out clause. If they claim ineffective counsel, even though they may not have been, it seems to be allowed. It's quite odd. Why it's, is that not more commonly known then? Because I've not heard of that. Before. It is very much. I don't. A, I don't consume the media, but I, I have watched like a couple of documentaries on various high-profile cases, and they don't immediately call incompetent counsel no, or ineffective counsel. Ineffective counsel. It is usually the first appeal. I would suggest that the cases that you've watched are ones that have gone to uh, the Supreme Court or whatever, and it's gone way past that. The mm. initial appeal is based. 98% of the time on ineffective counsel. It's an easy get-out clause. It's, it's, it's a peculiar one. Anyway, his father um, actually paid for his first defence on that first assault. So... Where well, he one. accidentally stabbed someone 15 times. Yeah. Yep. But... One of the things why this ineffective counsel seemed to have worked on that charge was that his father didn't want to incur the additional cost of a psychiatric evaluation of White, um, which, if it had been done, could have actually presented possibly an insanity defence. Again, it's a very common tactic but his dad didn't want to pay for that. So that's how he won the appeal. Because this psyche valve hadn't actually been done, he won that appeal. Um, a friend at that time, he, he described himself as a friend. It was quite odd. I would have actually said an acquaintance. But he described him as a pervert but said he was generally affable and friendly. So... I think that's how I describe a few of my friends, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but he, 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 apparently he was not adverse to going, picking up um, working young ladies and things like that and had a very misogynistic view of women at the time. It was... Yeah, it wasn't very pleasant reading and I didn't want to actually quote a lot of it. So... If you weren't doing a podcast with your son, you might do. Yeah, I'll read these things, but I don't necessarily want to verbalise them. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes the nuance is enough. That's yeah. kind of what I'm aiming for. Um, but skipping on a bit, in 1995, this lovely specimen was convicted of the murder of a lady called Vicky Sue Wall, who's actually... She was only 26 years at the time of her death. White who was actually married, it seemed, at the time, and Vicky Sue were having an affair. In July of 1994, the two had met up um, in a car park of a store, um, and CCTV evidence actually showed that they were there together. But Vicky Sue was not seen alive again, and her badly decomposed body was discovered in September of 1994, so a couple of months later, just two miles away from that store with the course of death on... If you say 15 stabs again. No, it was strangulation this, this time. Now, White 
to my mind, he'd been he'd now started to learn about the criminal justice system and how it worked and how he was going to get out of this because he actually checked himself into a psychiatric unit in the July. Now, going back slightly, he had met Vicky in the July, but her body wasn't found till the September. But in the July, there's no dates given. So you can, the assumption is it's a four week period for God's sake. He checked himself into this psych unit, but he was actually arrested there in the September after Vicky's body was discovered. And he claimed at that time that Vicky Sue's death was, in quotes, a tragic accident. So he was arrested at the psychiatric unit. Now, you can't accidentally strangle someone. Can you? Nor can you, again, can you accidentally stab someone 15 times? No, exactly. There are also a number of quotations where he had talked to family and friends around that time, around this July period, about committing suicide to save everybody a trial. He apparently didn't want to put everybody through it. But he didn't go through with it, and that's when he committed himself. So he eventually pled... That's an odd thing to pose, because if, if that is the sentiment that he actually meant behind it, i.e. if I kill myself, it no longer goes to trial, it doesn't put anyone through the, the process of it. Yeah. It either shows, to me, like he's got some form of empathy, he doesn't want to go through it, or it's just a uh, a way to get around the hardship of a trial. Either or. So it either does show that he's capable of, like, the empathy around it, which would then be like, well, then why is he accidentally murdering people left, right and centre? But the the point is, is this is his second offence. So maybe you're right in saying that he doesn't want to go around all the hoo-ha of a trial. He knows probably by this point there's nobody to pay for his defence for this. Yeah, I mean, at this point we're just speculating. Yeah, but... we're, we're spitballing, so, yeah. So he... Pretty sure spitballing would be a war crime now because of coronavirus. Carry on. Oh, God, yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, he eventually pled no contest to an involuntary manslaughter charge in 1995 because... This is... Somebody's revealed their possible stuff too soon. The pathologist at the time couldn't actually determine the cause of death of Vicky Sue due to the decomposition... He was actually convicted and he was actually sentenced to serve 8 to 15 years for this crime. Now, there are quotes that he told a prison psychologist that he wanted to kill the prosecutor and his own defence attorney, specifically to indulge his necrophilia fantasies. Now, I can't find anything... But it's interesting that that comes back to 1995. Okay, remember that one, hold that one. Now, Pastor John Douglas White was born on the 20th May 1957. So he was then age 55 and he was the person in police custody who had been arrested for the murder of Rebecca. He admitted to fantasising about Rebecca for a number of weeks, specifically necrophilic fantasies. 
he admitted to getting drunk and going to her trailer in the early hours of the 31st of October. And he hit her over the head with a mallet and then strangled her with zip ties. He admitted he disposed of her belongings in the bins at the trailer park and then took her car to the barn door bar where it was found, hoping it would look like she had been abducted by someone. Where the logic was with that, I'm not quite sure she'd been at work, she'd gone home to her little boy, blah, blah, blah. Why she would be abducted makes no sense. So the the person that you said that was in custody turned out to be him? Yeah. Ah, sneaky. Yeah. Plot devices, sneaky. So... Obviously, there was an autopsy of poor Rebecca, and... Um, how long by this point has she been dead? 20 hours. So they found only found her 20 hours after she'd been murdered? Yeah, they arrested okay. him. Clap. She was She was at home with her little boy, and then she didn't turn up to work. By midday, her colleagues had reported her missing. The police were onto it because... My guess is, and you cannot find this by reading all the paperwork or reading whatever you like to read. My guess is they contacted the father of the little boy, you know, where the hell is he? Oh, yeah, I've got him. Oh, he was dropped off by the pastor in his outfit. And I've seen 6.50 a.m. quoted. So, okay, she's been gone since seven o'clock in the morning and it's now midday. She's been gone for five hours no one's seen her. The last person that saw anybody that was connected to her was Pastor John with her little boy. Ergo, he must have been the last person that was actually seen with her. Because how else would he have gotten the little boy? He wasn't... It doesn't appear to be that it was common knowledge that he was babysitting the night before because Rebecca wasn't a party animal. She wasn't that way inclined. Yeah, there doesn't appear to be anything in Rebecca's past why she would have disappeared like this so my assumption from everything that I've read is that they literally just went to the last person that could have had any contact with her. that isn't a strenuous link it's he had the child Mm -hmm. which means he had to have seen her because I'm only trying to think potentially he could have had him the night before like she was dropped off oh sorry the boy was dropped off by Rebecca the night before to her mother yeah, exactly. But as I said, Pastor John was known to actually babysit the little boy. Mm. So, um, yeah, and he, he dressed him up in his Halloween outfit. Goodness knows what that actually was, whether he was a bumblebee or a ghost, I don't know. But as we said before, who in their right minds dressed as a toddler, a three-year-old toddler, um, in a Halloween outfit? Now, the autopsy results and the forensic results show that he did actually desecrate the corpse. There was evidence of sexual assault. It's it's one of those difficult things because she was believed to be deceased at the time. They couldn't categorically state that the sexual assault, which covers a multitude of it's a bl- actions... It's a blanket phrase. Yeah, <laughs> it covers a multitude of actions. They couldn't actually state whether it happened... Post or pre. Yeah. yeah. But he claimed he couldn't remember. How convenient. They are absolutely convinced, but they couldn't prove it. They absolutely convinced it happened post-mortem. I'm not being funny, but if someone has had a a history of saying that they've got... They've, they're tendencies that lean towards necrophilia, 
What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If I've got a tendency of nicking bananas, right, and then suddenly loads of bananas go missing in a shop. Now, that doesn't mean I did it, but they only steal bananas. Uh, I'm guessing at the time the police didn't know about his past history, about what he'd threatened to do to his own attorney, what he'd threatened to do to the prosecutor. But when the autopsy results came through and they were able to say that we are absolutely convinced but we can't prove it, that these things happened post-mortem, mm. and then he denied it and said, I can't remember, I mean, how convenient, how convenient. In March of 2013, White pled guilty to second-degree murder under a plea agreement with... A minimum term of 45.8 years being offered to him. My understanding is that plea agreements in the US, the prosecutors can agree with the defence, we'll give you 50 years. And the judge can turn around and say, hell no, 100 years. Yeah? On the 18th of April, White was sentenced to 56 to 85 years in prison, with the judge saying that he saw no reason why he should ever leave prison alive. Now, bearing in mind this guy was in his 60s at this point, yeah? So this was in March 2013, when he was convicted. On the 28th of August 2013, Pastor John White committed suicide in prison by hanging himself. He abstained himself. Ooh, don't get into that. So, case autopsy. Stuff I can't confirm yet again. His early life, very little is out there. Mention of him being kicked out of the Navy at some point in his youth, but again, I can't confirm that. Is that just because it's not? It doesn't seem to be online? I mean, what, he was born in the 80s, wasn't he? No. No, sorry, he was... No, he was born in the 50s. Yeah, he was born in the 50s, so he would have gone into it in the early 70s, probably. Yeah. It's only what his friend... Yeah. He had a few friends that seemed slightly odd, bless him. But, yeah. The pastor title um, is actually self-styled. He was never ordained, as far as I can tell, into any actual mainstream church. My understanding is you can call yourself... You could be Pastor Cameron. Anyway. Apparently, Rebecca had actually been dating someone for two years. So her little boy was like a year old and she'd been dating someone for two years. And it seems that, from what I've read, this guy was going to propose to her, obviously unknown, on Halloween. I only found that in actually one news article. But if that's true, it must be all kinds of additional devastating for her friends and family. Where was her partner in this? They didn't live together. I'm assuming it was possibly something to do with around child custody issues. Yeah, I'm, or... I'm, I'm just trying to guessing. think. I'm guessing. Because... They didn't live together. Not only from the perspective that if he was there, it wouldn't have happened. That's not what I'm saying. It's more so that he would be there the next day. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like... That's why I said it's got to be it... all kinds of devastating. Well, no, 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 I'm thinking it wasn't planned. Like, what drove him to do it on that day? Who knows? He... All I can find is he'd been drinking oh, and, and oh, he'd been obsessing. I know what it is. It's because it's Halloween and all the dead stuff got him horny. Could well have been. Hey, oh, God, that's disgusting. He got himself all kind of beetle juiced. I don't know why he bloody well did it on Halloween, but it's 
freaky. It's it. You may well be very right. Oh god, that's it's, disgusting. It's, it, because we don't have access to his actual interviews. Interviews. Don't know if this psychologist would have asked the same questions. I'm assuming they would have gotten into it quite deeply. But unfortunately, by that point, he committed suicide. So we're never going to actually know his reasoning behind any of it. I do know Rebecca's son's name, but I'm not going to use it because I believe that poor boy deserves not to find his name if he eventually searches for this case when he's an adult. And the same with Rebecca's boyfriend's name. I do know that. I don't think it's right to talk about that because it's not... I don't believe it's right. I just can't help but feel really bad for the mother in all of this. Rebecca's mother. Because it's the mother's... It's Rebecca's mother. Her daughter has... Yeah. Has been... Is, mm-hmm. is dead and her partner did it and mm-hmm. uh, again you're you're going to have this survivor's guilt I think yes I absolutely agree with you you're going to feel responsible the 17 year old victim from the 1980s from what I've read she feels survivor's guilt she feels that if he'd been put away properly when he attacked her the Vicky Sue wouldn't have died and Rebecca wouldn't have died so I know his first victim's name, the then 17-year-old. Um, again, it's out there, but I won't use it. I also know White's ex-wife's name. I think that may be wife number two, but I can't actually prove that. Again, it, it gets lost in the uh, excitement of the whole case. It's, it's, it's messy, his background. And I know at least one of White's children's name. Again, I don't know how many children he may have had, And again, I'm not going to use them for the same reasons. White's story is not their story. It's unfortunate they're linked to him, but it's not their story. White had a really big porn problem. Um, But I can't find too much out about where he got this interest in necrophilia. Because it's not something that just pops up out of nowhere normally. I can't get copies of the police statements. I can't get copies of the statements where he threatened his lawyer or he threatened the prosecution. I did actually manage to get a copy of his discharge paper from his final prison sentence. It did make me laugh. Under the reason for discharge, it actually states in black and white, death. That's not a reason to be discharged. Well, he served his sentence. Yeah. It made me laugh. I'm sorry. Yeah, he died of death. So, what's your thoughts? Do you think he could have been stopped? When or...? Um, I'm just showing Cameron now pictures of him when he was first arrested, which has got this... He has the um, gin nose, the rhino... rhino fimer. Big fuck-off nose. Yeah, he's he's got the... Yeah, and it's the... Really, you can see what I mean about the, the, the dye on the, the hair... And then that is him. So the other picture I'm looking at is him it, when he's in the courtroom. Yeah. Or in he, a courtroom. I'm, I'm going to be honest. He looks he, like Father Christmas. He does have a majestic beard. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty tight beard. But... Yeah, and that's, that's John Pastor John White. Why did he choose to name himself Pastor John? I'm assuming, and again, it's an assumption... That it was his way of he he was a he was a con man. He, you cannot have been anything else to have the two previous convictions get out from underneath them. 
the way he did. He got let out of prison. He wanted to start off anew. He inserted himself into a community. He probably presented himself as a religious, God-fearing man to give him some standing in the community. And the community took them... It took him in in good faith. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we all know, there's a lot of times when people go into prison, they find religion. So maybe he decided, right, I'm going to find religion as a way to get myself out of this when I leave. A way to manipulate people. He was obviously, to me, he was a manipulator. But he, I suspect, from the gin nose, the alcohol took over and he completely screwed up with Rebecca because you don't, you don't dump a body and a mile away from where they were taken from. You don't do it when you are the last person that anybody knew of could have possibly have seen her. But he must have had some remnants of humanity in that he didn't harm the little boy, that he did dress the little boy up and he did drop well, him off that's, his father. Well, that's only because he assumed that he would get away with it. Well, you must assume that he thought he would get away with it because... Was he still drunk when he thought that? I'm assuming he drove around there. That means that doesn't stop him from driving around there. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're saying if he had a remnants of humanity and he didn't hurt the child, he had sex with a dead body. I think that goes out the window at that point. I think if you were to say he had sex with a dead body and he killed a child, you'd be like, yeah, that's not surprising. Some of, some of the psychology that I've read behind this, because he's got no interest in the child, it doesn't trigger any sexual fantasies for him he Mm. has had some kind of self-preservation that realizes killing this child is not the brightest move and if he can kill rebecca hide her body but dump the child off he hasn't thought through how he's not going to get caught he obviously hasn't but his only interest was rebecca and once she was done with he he had no interest it was just a case of, well, I'll drop the little boy off and I can resume my life in the community. I can go on and marry Sally, her mother, be the good the religious man that brings the community together because they've lost one of the children. of that, of thinking, I'll just murder her child and then carry on. But again, this is speculation, so we wouldn't know if that would be his no. thought process. But you, you have to assume that he had some kind of plan. But how big was the church? How many people were in his congregation? He was the pastor of this very small community church. I believe there were only 15 parishioners. I don't know whether they tithed to the church, where they give 5 or 10% of their income to the church to be able to support it. I don't know whether he was claiming benefits, but he'd been there for three years. There is no mention of him having another job of any such type. Yeah, it's just, it's saddening, it's... Especially doing these podcasts, it's it makes you have a different. At least for me, it's making me have like a different um, introspective thinking process of this. To be, it's man, man's inhumanity to man. Why would somebody do something like that? Why would they think that someone's life is worth so little? It it goes back to why I've been interested in true crime for donkey's years. Unfortunately. I've always puzzled about mad, bad or sad. And I know that's actually a thing. I know it's something psychologists look into. Um, and I, I just don't know. Um, this is why we're here now. So that's the, um, I guess it's the end of the second episode. How do you feel about having started the podcasting process, having released the first one, or the, well, the promo, releasing the first one? I've told some people in my life about it. 
and you're like panic and you've told one or two people in your yeah I've told life. one or two people in my circle and I'm absolutely it'd be funny astonished. if they're listening to this now because they will be because um, we're talking about you yeah thanks guys ladies I, I'm, I yeah it's terrifying it's absolutely terrifying but again the, I, I think this one is a case that's not out there very much and this is why I wanted to do stuff that was a little, tiny bit different. Yeah. I mean, we're thinking about doing something, not niche as a podcast as a whole, but doing like a smaller mini series of something. Yeah, three or four episodes, maybe the month of March. And we'll do every episode in the month of March we'll be, around X. We'll be targeted for... Yeah. So we're open to suggestions. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're very grateful that you've joined us on this journey. We're just starting out on. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. So hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Please like, follow and subscribe. It's free and helps us out a lot. And if you change your mind in the future, you can always do just that. Find us at murdermeonmonday at gmail.com and find us on the gram at murdermeonmondaypodcast. I can hear your squeaky shoes. It's probably a good thing if I do take them off because I'm. You're not playing basketball. Why are your shoes so noisy? I don't know. You're getting flashbacks from last time. No, I'm just. I can't fucking.